Sarayim Tov to everyone. We continue. This is our eighth class in Megillus Esther with the commentary of the Mechir Yayin of the Ramah. We're about to begin. We're in the fourth chapter, Pasuk Yud. And we've been discussing this idea of Haman being the Yetzirah, Mordechai is the advanced intellect and guiding uh, guiding Esther, who is the Homer, who is the matter that has to be developed. And she is uh, brought to Achashverosh, and she, so to speak, marries Achashverosh, where this becomes the Zivuk Sheni between the highly developed intellect and the very pliable Homer. And now, uh, that, uh, Haman, when things are looking well, the Yetzirah, the greater a person is, the greater the Yetzirah is. And now Haman, the Yetzirah, is getting the Jews to, uh, to uh, you know, not uh, follow things. And uh, that's what uh, the um, was able to uh, persuade him to go after the money and this and that. And yesterday we found out that Mordechai found out what was going and it's going to tell Esther that we have to do tshuva. And part of the tshuva requires limiting one's indulgence in the physical world. And therefore, he is telling her to go to Achashverosh and to continue to go. Um, and for the last, uh, she says, well, for 30 days, I've been limiting how much pleasure I could have from this world. And now he says, well, you need another three days to go extra hard, to really pray and do tshuva and this and that. And she was saying, it's going to be too hard for me because I've already done a lot. And, and you yourself said, I have to make some allowances for the body. And now you tell me to totally be away. So then she brings Hasoch into the picture. And Hasoch is like the judge, to judge between what the Yetzir Tov is saying, what the Yetzirah wants, and what the Homer should do. And that's where we left things off yesterday. So we move on to Pasuk Yud. And Esther said Tasoch, and she ordered him to tell Mordechai. Okay. And she also said, and she said, that all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who comes to the king into the inner court, who is not summoned, there is but one law for him to be put to death, except for the one that the king extends the scepter. But I've not been summoned to king come to the king these 30 days. So what is she saying over here? So what, what's happening over here, what she's telling the judge, that's Hasach, he's the judge. And she told him everything that Mordechai said. And she says she sees that the claim the judge also sees there's a claim that the Homer is making that I can't go to such an extreme. And this is an issue over here. And we are told from the Rambam, remember the Rambam says it's very hard to go from one um, nature to another, from one extreme to the other, because your nature will not let you go to a whole other extreme. So this is what Esther is claiming against Mordechai because all the servants of the king 
and all the provinces of the king, they all know you can't go suddenly to the king. You can't go to the king without being called. Okay? And what you're telling me is you want me to engage in abstinence to such a long, long amount of time. And that I have to uh, totally stay away from all the physicality and part of my tshuva. And, you know, this is going to be very hard if you're going to keep going. And now, and it's been 30 days since I've been called. And when it's for 30 days, I've been away from Ahasuerus. From 30 days, I have not been involved in the physical world. And that is, is quite a bit that I've been doing. And I've been um, giving myself uh, um, fasts and uh, holding myself back from enjoying all my pleasure. As you, Mordechai, which represents the elevated seichel, told me to stay away from the physicality. And even if maybe the body will become weakened, still you should be able to maintain that. Okay. And, but she's saying, this, this is very hard. I haven't been engaged with the physicality for 30 days already. Okay, and we know 30 days, what's the idea of 30 days? For example, we know when you take a, uh, a uh, what do you call it, a yafas toar, you capture a woman in battle, a nanju, and you want to marry her. She has to cry over her parents for 30 days. Uh, we know days of mourning is for 30 days. The Jewish people mourn for 30 days over Moshe. So she's already done what she's done. And you want me now to keep, to go to the king now uh, and, and to do and to continue to not have any more pleasure? Because it says you cannot go to the inner sanctum of the king. Okay? You can't um, go totally after the seichel. Because you go totally after the seichel, you won't be able to live. So what she said, what, when he is telling her to go to the king, she's saying, listen, you want me to go to the king, and that's the seichel, and the seichel is going to tell me even to have less. I've already been down to very much. I really have very little bit. And you already have told me that, you know, you have to have some engagement with the uh, allowances for physicality. And uh, I think you're overdoing this, this chuba business. You tell me to leave everything. This is really way too much. Okay. And indeed, they told Esther's words to Mordechai. So therefore, what does that mean? It doesn't say that Hasach went back to tell him. It says they told, meaning all the forces of the body, your feelings and emotions, they all are, are coming to Mordechai, who's the seichel, and, it, and they're expressing, you know, this is going to be too hard for us. And they all agree with what Esther is saying. It's way too much. In other words, yes, we have to do tshuva. I understand. And tshuva means you got to make a lot of changes. And it means you have to be less indulgent in the physical things. But now you're telling me to go to the king, and go to the king means to the seichel and subjugate yourself to him. I'm already subjugating myself for 30 days. And if you go that long, you know, it's, you're not going to survive. And that's when, when she says, you know, you can't, if anybody goes, you can't go unless the king extends the scepter. In other words, unless you get special divine supervision, you can't be so extreme in doing your tshuva. Okay. And, uh, so, so only if Hashem will help you, 
And that's the image of the king extending the scepter. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I think it's way too much for me to do. There's way too much deprivation in this chula that I have to do. That's what she claims. So in Pasigit Gimel, Vayoma Mordechai, Lashival Esther, Mordechai ordered to relay, to reply to Esther. He says, do not imagine to yourself that you will escape in the king's house from amongst all the Jews. He says, you're right, that really I'm asking you to do something that's way beyond normal. And the truth is that you should have some physical pleasure. But emergency actions require, emergency situations require emergency behavior. And even though it's very hard, it's better for you to die, so to speak, as an innocent person than to die, than to not die, or as a guilty person. And don't give Haman any ability. In other words, when you're trying to do tshuva, you got to really push the HR away and not get involved with him at all. When you get to such a bad state, it's almost like a person who's on, um, who's addicted to uh, to drugs. You really want to get out? You got to go cold turkey, and then only afterwards can you come back to some sense of enjoying life. So the seichel is responding that although the claim of the homer is generally correct, and you have to have some indulgence in the physical world, but it's got to be restrained in an emergency situation like this. And therefore, he's saying, don't think you can escape in the in the palace, so to speak, from amongst the Jews and to not be involved in all this. And then he continues and says, because if the Chomer refuses, if you refuse to do what I'm telling you, your salvation is going to have to come from a not pleasant place. So therefore, now is the time to fate the Yetzirah. So he, therefore, he says, for if you remain silent at this time, Relief and rescue will arise for the Jews from somewhere else. And you and your father's household will perish. And who knows whether at a time like this you'll attain the kingdom. So the elevated Seichel says to the Chomer, he says, don't listen to this advice and don't listen until the Yetzar is totally gone. And if you don't listen to that advice, your salvation will come from another place. And what will that be? He's hinting to the idea of you'll have to go come back as a Gilgal, as a transmigrated soul. Because if you don't fix yourself up now, if you don't fight your Yetzirah and totally say, I'm staying away from pleasures until I've beaten this Yetzirah, but you're willing to make compromises and those compromises will cause you not to do complete tshuva, it means you'll never really succeed. And then what will happen is you'll die without total success. And there we have to come back another time. And that is a thing that only happens with the Jewish people. With, uh, the salvation for the Jews. A Jew, even though they messed up, you can still get another chance, but you got to come back. And that's not such a great idea. And that's what he adds. He says, and the salvation come from somewhere else and you and the house of your parents will be lost. The symbolism of the house of the parents mean it's it's the physical things that you like, the pleasures that you like. And he's saying, who knows, if you don't burn out all the evil from inside yourself totally, and another time's going to hum, we don't know if you're going to be able to overcome it because he may overcome you at that time. Therefore, it's better to uh, suffer more here, 
so that you'll merit vanquishing and totally disturbing and destroying him and don't give in at all to the physicality. So, Pasuk Tesvav, and Esther ordered to reply to Mordechai the following. She says, Gather the Jews together who are present in Shushan and fast on my behalf and neither eat nor drink for three days, day and night. Also, and I and my maidens will fast in a like manner. Then I will go to the king, contrary to the law. If I perish, I perish. She agrees. So Mordechai passed and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. So the Homer agrees. She says, okay, I'll do more of what you're telling me to do. And I will still stay away from the physical pleasures. But gather the Jews together, okay? And she says, me and my maids, it says, etzom, I will, I will fast. It should say, we will fast. But really, we're talking about the maids is the, is the, uh, the, the physical elements within the person himself. And therefore, she says, I will go without permission to the king. I will do what you want. I will, I will really sublimate myself on a very high level. And I want all the other Jews to pray on behalf of me. And that's uh, hinting over here that uh, that uh, she wants that they should all be involved in fasting and doing tshuva and everything that has to be done. So basically the discussion that was going on today is that the elevated seichel says, you know, to defeat the Yetzirah you have to be very extreme. You can't give in. And now you have to you have to even go to the king. You have to go to the king. You have to go to the body, and you have to really uh, show what what you are. And she, and she says, "No, I I haven't been called. I've been so far away for so long. You want to keep me to do this?" He says, "Yes, you have to do this." She says, "Okay, but you know what? We have to daven. You need siyata deshmaya. You need miraculous success to be able to overcome the eight zara. And without the king bringing the scepter to you." which means Hashem is giving you divine assistance, it won't work. You won't be able to get through the pain of vanquishing the Yetzirah. So she said, I've been trying so hard, but now you're telling me to go right to the palace and right in front of the Yetzirah and, and to not have any pleasure and to totally take it away. Let me have at least a little bit. Says, no, you got to continue doing this. You got to go, continue to go back to the king and you got to continue to let him reign over you and not to have any of these pleasures. Okay, and that ends chapter four. We move to chapter five and we now see how the Homer, Esther, aligns herself to the guidance of the Seichel and how she begins to act in a way that she's supposed to act following his instructions, and has an initial success against the Yetzirah. So it says that it was on the third day, and Esther clothed herself regally, and she stood at the inner court of the king's house, opposite the king's house, and the king was sitting on his royal throne in the royal palace, opposite the entrance of the house. So we are being told, first of all, on the third day she wore... She clothed herself regally, which is symbolic to say she enclothed herself in the regal behavior and listened to the advice of Mordechai. So she acted royally. She acted on what the Seichel is telling her to do, and that's how a royal person acts. 
And she went on the third day. It says, by Yom Hashlishi. We already explained earlier in this series, word Yom could just be not a day, but it's referring to a time frame, an unspecified time frame. And we know there's many types of time frames. And there's three time frames, past, present, and future. And now let's talk about the future. So she came, she agreed to behave the way the Seichel tells her to. And now she, and it was on the third day, in other words, the third time frame. She figures, she meditates on the third time frame, which is the future, which is Olam Haba. And Olam Haba is only something that the Neshama can relate to. It only happens when the body's no longer around. And therefore she figures, if I want to have some kind of Olam Haba, I have to listen and I have to clothe myself in royal garments, which means I have to listen to the advice of the elevated, um, the elevated seichel, and she stands in the inner courtyard of the king's house, as he explained earlier. It's symbolic to um, preparing yourself to prepare to align yourself with the seichel, and before the house of the king. That's really before. The one who rules, which is the in. Remember, there's two seichels. There's a seichel achashverus, the one you're born with but not fully developed, and then there's a seichel of Mordechai, which is the developed one. And now she is going there with the guidance of Mordechai, and the seichel has to be guiding the chomer, and therefore, and she is prepared to go in there. She is doing tshuva, and when you get to this certain level. You're at the point where the king now is sitting on the throne. If you remember the beginning of the story, it was it said as he was sitting. He wasn't exactly sitting because the the initial seichel isn't so fully developed. But now that the, the seichel of Achashverosh is getting a little bit more developed, and now she wants to plead before the king, which can't, which is the seichel of Achashverosh, but it's also to plead to Hashem and pray to Hashem for assistance. And she's ready to go. So she's aligning herself with the guidance of the Seichel. She now is coming in. She's done what she's had to do. And now she's speaking to the um, Seichel of Achashverosh. And now you need some divine assistance because now this could be too much. But when the king sees Esther... She found favor in his eyes and he cast the scepter over her and she came closer. So here it just says Melech, not Melech Achashverosh. So now it means God and it also means Achashverosh. What is the Seichel, that's the undeveloped Seichel. And with Mordechai, as the advisor, becomes a developed Seichel. So now it says, when the king saw, and that means Hashem, when Hashem sees that the person's trying his hardest to, to get the job done, so now the scepter comes and Hashem assists, and you get divine assistance. Okay, and we see that Esther's doing the opposite of Ashti, because she, Esther, came herself without being called, while Vashti didn't come when she was called. Okay, so that's showing that she is making efforts to align herself with the Seichel. And although this was very hard, Hashem is Hashem will help you. When you think this is too much, I can't handle this. I can't handle being subjugated to the Seichel. Hashem says, you'll be able to do it. I will help you. 
And that's the idea of the scepter. And now when that happens, you don't have to worry. And on the and on the other level, and the level of the actual Akashverish, the person, like the husband and wife relationship, you have to understand when you have a wife that's as good as an Esther, you don't have to worry, maybe she's gonna get you to sin. As Shlomo Melech said, the husband is feels secure. And now, now what we can do is we can go now back to the middle level. Now that she has gone to the extreme and fulfilled the extreme, she spent a month, a, a, a long time to change, and now you still want me to do a little more, to go to the king and to be controlled more? If you're willing to be controlled, you'll see in a minute, now she's ready to go back to the middle road. That's what we talked about. When you're, in a, when you're caught in a sin, you got to go to the other extreme. And there's going to be a lot of pushback from the homer. It's too much. So it's just a little bit more. You'll see. And when you think you can't do it anymore, then all of a sudden, Hashem helps you. And now you totally have pushed away the Sahara, And now you can start moving back to the middle. And that's what Pasa Gimel. And the king said to her, what concerns you, Queen Esther? And what is your request? Even to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. What does it mean half the kingdom? Very important. Every human being has a kingdom. There's an idea on Yontif. On Yontif, there's an idea. It says Yontif is for Hashem. Yontif is for you. What is it? Half for you, half for Hashem. So you got a, a Seichel and you got a Homer. And you got a body. So you know what the vision should be? Half available resources for the seichel, half the resources for the body. In other words, what the body needs, what the chomer needs, is half the kingdom. You don't need half the kingdom. You don't need everything. To survive, you don't need everything. The other half is our focus on spirituality, guidance, doing the right thing. So that's what the king, the king who is the seichel, He's saying, listen, I'll give you half the palace. I can't give you more because I have to have half. That's the balance. That's what she has succeeded in, in, in terms of as, as, the, as the Homer of the Jews was being threatened to go down. The Yetzirah is trying to push us away and, and, and want us to get involved in all kinds of physical things. Now Mordecai says, you know, we got, we got to change this. We got to change this. And now she's pushing herself and now she'll be able, he says, now I'm ready to give you half. So Esther says, if it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come today to the banquet that I have prepared for him. What does this mean? Says the Ramah, see the tznius and the piousness of Esther. Even though the king says you could have half of the kingdom, means you could have half of all the physical pleasures. But when she says, okay, I'll have some, her intent is only Lishem Shemayim, only for the sake of heaven. Because this party that she is making, she says that what? The king and Haman should come to the party that I have made. Now we again know that who's the Melech and Haman? We see when you talk about the Melech and Haman together, he's going to explain in a minute. You know what she is making? What kind of party? A su'udat mitzvah. A mitzvah meal. Okay, a, a meal that a Talmud Chacham sits at is a mitzvah meal. And those who eat from such a meal, it's like you're eating from the Mizbeach and you're delighting from the Shechina. 
And that's everything we're learning now in the parshios of Truma, Tetzav, etc., etc. The whole idea of making a shulchan and all these things. And he quotes from the Balakeda who talks a lot about these ideas of what a su'udas mitzvah is. Su'udas mitzvah means not just you're eating bread, but you're eating for a purpose. You're eating to maintain your health. You're eating in order to um, be able to do the will of Hashem and have the strength to do of Avodah Hashem. You're eating so that you could say a bracha. You're eating to make a tikkun on the food. It's not necessarily you making a siyum and it's a sudas mitzvah. That's one kind of sudas mitzvah. But there's no reason why you can't have a sudas mitzvah every day. Because if every day I'm taking the food and it's just a vehicle to incorporate spirituality into the lower realms, that is a sudas mitzvah. And therefore all the physical food really turns into spiritual energy. So it's like you are delighting with the radiance of the Shechina. That's all what was explained by uh, the earlier commentaries. Okay. So, uh, and therefore, so Esther says over here, I'm not asking for a, a wild party. I just want a, a mishta that the king, who is the Seichel, will sit at the head, and will enjoy it as a Suda's mitzvah because it'll do what the mitzvahs are requiring and whatever a, a Suda requires. Say words of Torah, as we know in Halacha, Mishnah Perkei says that a meal that has Zivrei Torah, it's like Mamish from the Mizbeach. And the Seichel will enjoy such a meal. The Seichel enjoys such a meal. It's for spiritual purposes. But there still is a Yetzirah. There still is the physicalness. And you know what? The physicalness will also have a little enjoyment. Okay? You can't only let the seichel enjoy it. The body has to enjoy it too. So that's why on Shabbos, yes, there's singing and there's miros and there's all kinds of things. Divrei Torah, it's amazing. But there's still got to be food. Therefore, it means that she invited, I'm inviting you, the king, the seichel, and Haman, and the Yetzirah, who wants to enjoy food, but I have my priorities straight. It's mainly for you, O King. But we have to let, you have to always let the HR be part of your life. You can't, the idea is not to destroy the HR, it's to sublimate it, to have them work for you. We don't destroy the HR. Oh, I'm never going to, I'm going to have a celibate life. No, that's not what it's about. Your HR, you, you rein him in and use him to work for you. And therefore, it says, I invite, she invited them, but obviously, if you invite them, then all the other officers come. What does that mean? Feelings, emotions, body parts, power, strength. So now, she now wants to have, in other words, we've done tshuva. Now I want to come back to the middle. And coming back to the middle, I can now have the king, which is the seichel. I can have Haman, which is the Yetzirah. Or we can have this meal. And... Ah, now you're going to come back to this meal. Maybe you're going to slip and revert back and now become very gashmistic. So let's look at the next. They're at the meal. Oh, so now, so now what happens? So the king says, rush Haman to do Esther's bidding. And the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. Fine. Now, now they're at the meal. And the king said to Esther during the wine banquet. We had the word wine. We didn't say that before. 
What is your petition we grant you? And what is your request even up to that king? I will be fulfilled. What's this Pasuk telling us? This Pasuk tells us that the Chomer withstands the test of the feet of the feast and accepts itself upon itself to be satisfied with its basic needs, as we shall see. We're adding over here, it wasn't just a meal, a feast, it was with wine. And wine usually can make people get into trouble. But still, when he asks her now, now she's had a little wine, a little bit of enjoyment. What do you want now? Maybe now she's going to go crazy and say, want to have a fancy bar mitzvah, want to have this and that and all the other thing. So Esther answers in Pesach Zion. She says, She'ela siya bakosha si, my petition, my request. Pesach Ches. If I have found favor in the eyes of the king, if it's good in the king, my request is that what? That the king and Haman should come to a feast that I will make for them, umachor, and tomorrow, eser kidvar I will do as the king says. So what does this mean? She says, you know what? The only thing I want is that we should be able to have the same kind of party tomorrow. In other words, that every day we have a suudas mitzvah. Because you know why? I only want to always do kidvar what the king says. I want to follow the seichel. So now we see we've gone full circle. As opposed to chapter 3, where as you become greater, the HR becomes greater. And you can make mistakes. And you can make mistakes. But then Mordechai comes along and says, we have to fight back. We have to fight back. And we have to stay away. And we can't overindulge. And we have to go to the extreme. And we have to do tshuva and all these things we have to do. And there's a struggle. The Homer says, this is too much. It's too hard. He says, no, no, no. It's an emergency situation. we got to be very, very tough. And then finally, when you'll go and submit yourself to the king, that whatever you're going to say, I'm going to do, then Hashem and his kindness will say, okay, you've done enough. Now we can go back to the middle. And says, okay, I'm ready to give you a half. She says, okay, what do you want? Okay, so let's have a meal. Let's have a meal, but it should be a sudas mitzvah. And that will keep me on track. So they make the sudas mitzvah. So now he says, and, and what, now what can I offer you? Maybe she's already had a little wine. Now she might say, like, I'm going to have more and more and more. She says, I don't know. You know, I would want exactly the same thing tomorrow. Every day when we're going to sit down to eat with Steve Ray Torah, good things like this, and just enough from what I need. So now the question is, what is the Yetzirah feeling at this point? The Yetzirah has been brought to a meal. He couldn't get anybody to speak Lush and Hara at the meal. He couldn't get people to gluttonize at the meal. We're just eating just enough, saying Divrei Torah, singing beautiful words of thanks to Hashem. And now the meal's over. So he figures, well, what, what's what's going to happen? But, but maybe, okay, maybe when the party's over, maybe I'll be able to uh, do certain things. So tomorrow we'll see what, Homan's going to be upset about and why he's upset because you see what's happening the Yetzirah is starting to lose and now we'll see tomorrow what the Yetzirah is not finished he's going to try other things okay we'll have to stop it over here you have a question Steve?